Hello, and welcome to the Loft Gathering Podcast. We will be talking about the contents of our mind, mouth, attitude, and life actions, and how these are the staples to further understand our authority in God's kingdom. Get ready to have your thinking challenged and your faith turned up. Here's Lisa. today that if you don't want breakthrough and you don't want freedom, you better hit the door right now because this is how amazing I feel like, you know, the work is that God wants to do in us today. And it's some of the work that he has done in my life too along the way. And that's why I have these hammers sitting here. I've got a couple little boxes of nails for something that I want to do as illustration at the end of the message. But for right now, you know, we've been talking about those names of Jesus, but today this is still Jesus how we might view him, and the title of the message is Jesus Scarred, okay? So, you know, do you got any scars on your body? Got any scars on your spirit? I mean, most of us do. I think about this time I worked for a, um, it was like a medical instrument manufacturing plant, and I got hired to etch doctors' names on surgical instruments, and so in a stroke of brilliance, I was trying to put the little blue tip back on the scalpel, and I ran it through the blue tip and through my thumb, I still have a scar. This thumb is really wonky. I used to drop plates and cups, and it doesn't have the nerves that it once had in it because it's scarred. It was wounded, but now it's scarred. So being scarred and being wounded are not the same things, okay? Because if I get up here and I talk to you from my wound, then I will inflict you with it. But if I get up here and I talk to you from my scars, I'm speaking about hope. You get that? Okay, so I'm going to give you some context in scripture, and then I want to break it down a little bit. You ready to get free? Look at your neighbor and say, I'm ready to get free. I'm ready. I, it wasn't convincing. I'm ready to get free. Man, let's see what God can do. He can do anything. Okay, let's see. You know, there's, I was going to tell you about this too, you know, besides that little scar. I mean, I have so many scars. You know how we watch things on TV and we watch um, like would-be protagonist of a, of a movie, and they're going to compare their scars, their battle wounds, and whoever has the most is the coolest kind of thing. And I got this, like, I got this one over here, and I'm, this happened to me. And people will talk about their scars like it's a, a badge of honor. And I mean, I have some of those too because I've had kids. So I have scars on my body because I bore three children. And a lot of times women are just embarrassed about those or, you know, they're called stretch marks. And, and they're, I mean, they don't look so amazingly beautiful maybe to a human eye because our world likes to, you know, worship flat abs and, you know, I don't know, money when we are going to celebrate life and the ability to carry life inside of your body and then give birth. So I have battle scars like that. You know, your body can move and grow and tear and and bring forth life and those are battle scars and then there's battle battle scars like soldiers you know they they come back with some incredible scars on them the wound was we can't even hardly talk about the wound and what happened there it's graphic and painful but the scars are like you know the story now because it doesn't even hurt anymore sometimes it's a little itchy but most of the time it's just healed now do you get what i'm get what i'm saying Think about the scars you have on your own body, and then try to imagine a spiritual parallel, if you will, of things that have happened to you 
in your lifetime, in your thinking, in your mind, as we move forward through this. So this is when uh, Jesus rose from the tomb. I'm, I'm not going to have you stand because I'm going to paraphrase some of it, and I'm going to read it, but I want you to follow along on the screen so you can see this is scripture. Again, I'm in John. I just really dig in John right now. John 20. It says, the empty tomb early on the first day of the week while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene, Mary Magdalene, seven demons Jesus cast out of her. She's there before it's even sunrise to see, see Jesus' body and see what's going on here. Uh, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb. She saw the stone had been removed from the entrance, and so she left. She came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, the one who wrote this, and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple, they get in a foot race running toward the tomb. And so John does get there first. He makes sure you know that he was faster than Peter. But then he had enough respect to stop before running into the tomb. And then Peter comes barreling right past him, goes into the tomb, and he's looking for Jesus' body. And he sees there linens. Now, why is that significant? This would have been what was wrapped around the person who died. And these linens are folded and set there at the head and at the feet of where Jesus was. Do you follow? And then John goes into, he wants to take a look and, and see what's going on. But he scoots down to verse 11. And Mary stood outside the tomb, and she's crying. And as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb. She saw two angels sitting there. And she's going to have like an epiphany. You know, she looks up, and they're like, she's like, they're like, who are you looking for? I'm looking for Jesus. Where have you put his body? And she looks outside, and she looks at someone, and she thinks it's the gardener. She can't recognize him because he's not wounded anymore. But, you know, he did come back scarred. Not wounded anymore. So he doesn't look the same as he looked before. So he steps up. She steps up and to him, where is the Lord? Where have you put him? And she gets this answer. He's not here. And, you know, he's, he's not, the angel tells her he's not here. And then when she sees Jesus, he says her name. It's like once Jesus says your name to you, you recognize him in a powerful way, like maybe you didn't before. And once he says her name, Mary, her eyes are open, and she understands that it's Jesus. And Jesus says, no, don't touch me. I haven't gone to see the Father. I just wanted you to see me. And thanks for being here, you know, and I'm, and I'm going to be right back. Go tell the disciples what happened. Man, that's powerful. So Mary, in verse 18, goes to the disciples with the news. Now listen, she saw it, but she's bringing the news to the disciples. And she says, I've seen the Lord. And she probably went, I've seen the Lord. Open this door. She was probably just frantic with excitement and what she saw. Because they all saw him murdered just a couple days ago. And so here's the, the guys. Whew. On the evening of the first day of the week, the disciples were all together. And the doors were locked. Now all they have so far is Mary's word on this. They're hiding out now. They're afraid that the Jews are going to come for them. You know, they've got the door locked, and then Jesus comes in. I thought that was significant. The door is locked, but Jesus can come past the lock. Because he knows you want him there, he's never going to just come and take over and fill your, your mind and thoughts on purpose without an invitation. He's like that. But in this case, he knows these guys, and he knows they're afraid, and he knows they're locked up. And, and the door is locked, and he's there standing between, you know, among them anyway. And here's what he says. He says, hey, peace, guys. Hey, guys, peace. Peace be with you. Here I am. Jesus is the coolest Savior. Just the way that he does it, the way that he shows up, he's speaking peace. I'm here now. You don't have to be afraid. Peace. And after this, he showed them his hands and his side. 
and the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. I guess so. And again, Jesus said, hey, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, and I'm showing you these scars, and I'm going to send you. And then he breathed on them. And he said, hey, receive the Holy Spirit. Here's my breath. It's, it's reminiscent of when God made men in the garden and he breathed life into them. And then here's Jesus breathing the Holy Spirit into them again. Isn't that powerful? Doesn't that just like get your jets going? I love this kind of stuff. This is the kind of stuff when I read it, it just excites me about being a Christian, about walking in faith. I'm with a risen Savior. I'm, I'm tracking with a healer. I'm hanging out with somebody who didn't come back wounded. He came back scarred. You know, Jesus didn't have to come back. I mean, he could have, he rose from the dead for crying out loud. I mean, you remember all the wounds that he had, though? All those stripes, the scourging. We could preach on scourging we have before. When I say the word, it's small, but the action was huge. A crown of thorns squished down into his head and eyes and brow and blood blurring his vision. He had a lot of wounds, a spear in his side. He didn't come back talking about those things. And you know what? When he went in that grave and he rose from the dead, he could have come back in perfect form. He had every ability to do it, you know. My goodness, we pay thousands and thousands of dollars for cosmetic surgeries in this United States of America. Jesus didn't do that. He kept the scars on purpose so that we could have hope for everything that we go through and every infliction that's come upon us. And where we've been wounded, he's going to move us into a place of being scarred. Because what, what happens after you've gone through a traumatic event, you don't get a lobotomy and forget everything that happened to you. You remember clearly. And you look at it knowing what happened. And then you step out of it anyway. Because you don't step out of it by yourself. You step out of it by the grace of God. And you know what it's going to take? It's going to take a big word, faith. It's going to take faith. I said, it's going to take faith. You're going to have to believe it's going to take faith to step from being wounded to scarred. Verse 24. Now, Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the 12, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. You know, Thomas gets a bad rap, but he wasn't there. He didn't see what they saw, just like they didn't see what Mary saw. Right? Jesus came, and he's like, hey, look, here's my hand. Here's my, here's my side. It's me, guys. But Thomas wasn't there for that. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord, just like Mary. We've seen him. He is alive. We have seen him. He's alive. He has scars. We saw him. He came here. The door was locked. He came in. And they, Thomas says this, look, don't be hard on Thomas. All right? We do the same things all the time in different ways. He said, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I, I will not believe. And Jesus lets him carry those words for a week. <laughs> carry around your doubt and unbelief for a week because you're not speaking what I spoke and you're not listening to what I said. Carry that around for a week. And then they're all together again in the house. A week later, they're in the house again. Thomas was with them this time, and through, though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them again. He said, hey, peace, guys. And he said, hey, Thomas, Jesus can see you. He knows what you need. He knows who you're running with, and he knows the word that you need to be spoken to you. And he'll call you by your name, 
and to be able to see him. Hey, Thomas, come here. Put your finger in this nail hole right here. Just me. And, of course, Thomas is undone, you know, as you would be too. There's probably a lot of tears. He says, my Lord, my God. And he probably took a knee. Jesus said, well, because you have seen me, you believe. But blessed are those and all of you and me who believe it, but we didn't see that. That's good stuff, Lise. See, if I preach my wounds, I inflict you. But if I preach my scars, I give you hope. I don't want to be a wounded friend that just walks around inflicting my wound in every direction. I don't want to be a wounded mom that leaves a wound on my kids that they don't know how to walk through. I don't want to be a wounded leader or pastor that leaves the sheep in disarray. I want to be a wounded spouse that can't minister to my husband. Sometimes I'll hear God say this stuff to me. He'll be like, hey, have I, have I healed you? Because here's what happened. You know, we've got the front put on here, but we had this little snitch running around the neighborhood calling on us that our roof was blown off and that we were building a, a door out here without a permit. And we weren't trying to get around anything. We're full of integrity here. We're going to do what we got to do. So I was talking to my team, and I go, here's the new banner. It's going to say, snitches get stitches. Here's my phone number. Come, let's meet here. And I, look, I know you guys think that's funny. This is, who, this is who I am as a person. And God will say, are you going to be all right? You know? No, I'm angry. Have I healed you? Yes. Why are you carrying this? Because I'm mad. Have I touched your heart in a way that you have been forgiven much? forgive them. I don't want to. I don't. We're doing your work here, Lord. You know, I'm trying to make this plea bargain with God. Have I touched you? Yes. Then don't be touchy. Have I forgiven you offense? Yeah. But why are you offended? Am I going to stay wounded when I have a healer living on the inside of me? I'm not saying it didn't happen. It happened. I can see it. Yeah, it happened. The pain of it is there. The scars are still on me. And some of us are not even scarred. We're still wounded. There's a couple of things we talk about around here. We say, you know, forgiveness is a cure. Repentance is a cure. There's a lot of things that will cure your soul. But forgiveness is something only we can do. And there's a lot of people we have to forgive. This is the road to healing. The place of the scar becomes the place of the healing. And so you have to forgive. And I was thinking about this. I was asking Scott, what are the hardest things we've had to forgive? I mean, that thing that I just told you about snitches getting stitches, I really mean that in my soul, that God's still working on me. But I really do forgive those people. And I pray that they find something to do besides look through their blinds and report what we're doing. I pray they come in here and find fellowship and freedom. And we cast the devil out of them and they have a bright life. But it's like the whole thing about the whole other things that are more serious than that, you know, serious things that have happened that we were talking about. You know, the biggest thing that I can think of where I had this moment of breakthrough and forgiveness is when I forgave my stepdad. My stepdad, rest in peace, you know. Sometimes we're carrying things around. We can't forgive the people because they're in the grave. They're gone. 
but you're still carrying a wound that's open and that person's already dead or they're lost in divorce or they're just absent. And you know, here's what we try to do. We try to walk up to somebody or call somebody and tell them we forgive them. Please don't do that unless God speaks that to your heart because they're not thinking about you. You know why? Because they're not broken and bleeding. They're not wounded. You are. So you got to get before Jesus and you got to find this truth in Jesus that you can let go and forgive somebody that's never going to tell you that they're sorry. What? Do you know how many times, besides forgiving my stepdad, because he was like the object of affliction in my life. And I have suffered abuse, you know, that I don't even want to talk to my husband about, let alone you guys, let alone the internet. Man, the stuff has happened to me as a girl and a teenager that I would never even want to get up here and talk about. It was brutal. It happened. I forgive them anyway. It happened to me. I was, I was shamed. I was treated badly. I forgive them anyway. Not because of my own accord, my own ability, because I have a healer that lives in here. It's a miracle. It's a miracle when you can do these kinds of things. It's, it's him. He has all the glory. You have all the privilege. All the freedom is yours. All you got to do is open the door and receive this kind of truth that we're talking about and let him heal you and heal your wound. Listen to this. There are two unchangeable things, Hebrews 6, 19. I have a tattoo of this on my body. A lot of scars right there, some self-inflicted ones. Two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie. We who have fled that old stuff to take hold of the hope that's set before us may be strongly encouraged. We have this hope as an anchor for our soul. It's firm. It's secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where Jesus, our forerunner, has entered on our behalf and has become our high priest forever. The Bible is just full of this kind of amazing truth, breakthrough stuff. You know, Jesus, he didn't, he didn't come in that room and have his scars and then deny the cross. He didn't say, well, what cross? What crown of I'm a Christian, made in the image of God, so I will forgive, and I will love, and I will heal, and so will you. It's a moment of deliverance for us who belong to him. I'll tell you this, too, in putting this together. All of the people that you have to forgive, and there's a lot, the hardest person to forgive sometimes is yourself. And if you're like me at all, I'm pretty hard on myself because I blew it. I've blown it. I did it. I messed it up. I did it. And you know what? Not only have you been in, inflicted with wound, you have inflicted wound. You have hurt. There's a whole wake of things that are just left there. And that that's, it's hard to forgive ourselves. We believe that God can forgive us, but sometimes we don't believe we don't trust him enough to let go of it ourselves. Sometimes we even wear it like a badge. Like, man, if I just keep myself low, maybe I'll be more humble. Maybe if I, if I just don't forgive myself, maybe I'll be a better person because I know that I carry all this secret, horrible shame that Jesus died to remove. But I did it. I messed it up. I destroyed the relationship. I spoke too much. I was unfaithful. I was a coward. Or yeah, they bullied me. 
they hurt me. They spoke ill about me. Do you know how many times I've had to get up here and preach knowing the gossip and all the junk people were saying about me? And some of it was true. Most of it wasn't. But, you know, I still had to get up here and do this because I'm going to do what God's called me to do. And I'm going to look at what people do and what they say, and I'm going to forgive them anyway. I'm going to step out of that pile of whatever over here onto the clean grass and let God clean me. It takes faith. It's going to take faith. So what happens for those of you who can't forgive yourself? It's like the devil comes. Remember last week, the thief is coming. He's coming to steal more than your television. He's coming to steal your peace and your grace and every other good thing you have. And not only that, he comes to accuse you. Do you imagine the arrogance of the enemy when Jesus was finally on the cross and how he probably thought he was winning? And there would be the sound of hammers and nails. Just You can hear it in your mind. Just I have a couple hammers and nails this morning. I'm gonna, we're going to have a little illustration in a little bit. Can you imagine the joy of the devil to think that Jesus was finally going to be dead? It's like, are you nuts? Are you insane? That's the son of God who made the whole earth. You saw all that. How can you think that would be the end? It's the same way he plays the hand on you. He brings nails to you. And he has a good hammer, but it's defense. You're, he cannot wield it against you unless you let him. So he takes his little hammer and he drives a nail. You're worthless. You're lies. You're a failure. You did it. And he just drives his nails in. And I'm telling you, man, there's something about the cross that is resonant for those kind of nails coming toward you. Think about Jesus, nails and scars. You might not look the same after the recognition of what happened and after the forgiveness and just because you forgive somebody doesn't mean you have to go be friends with them again. You don't. You're still wise, but you can forgive so you can let that thing go. Because today, I believe that I believe that if Jesus hadn't taken those nails, then blood wouldn't have flowed, right? If Jesus hadn't endured that cross, then salvation wouldn't have been on the ready for us. We wouldn't be able to have reconciliation with God, with our Father. But we do because of those nails. And so I say that because... Some of the hardest things that you've gone through and some of the biggest things you're going to let go of today will become your ministry. They'll become the most powerful things that you speak, you know. This little waif of a girl found in, in, in the love of God, forgiven, restored. Do you know how many times I have sat across the table from someone who had been broken or molested or hurt? And I can say, me too, but God. Me too. Here's Jesus. There's a healer that loves you. Yeah, that happened. And it's a process. That's a long process from sitting at that table to standing right here. But I am here to tell you that there's no more nails coming at me because I have the shield of faith. And I believe that anything that the enemy means to attack me with, God will protect me from. And I get safe under that shield. And, I, and it's resistant. It resists every single thing that the enemy means so that I don't speak from wound when I'm speaking to you. I'm speaking from the scars that bring hope that you also can recover. And then the scar, the same place the scar is, that's where the healing comes from. 
for your future. This is powerful. I can tell you all these things from my past that have now come to a place of healing and virtue, even for you today. For me to stand up here and be unashamed and unafraid and unyielding and have this kind of faith that stands defiant and brings Goliath to his knees, that's one of the markings of our church, that there would be freedom found in here. Ooh. So I have these little slips of paper. I'm going to pass these around. Here's what I want you to do. Look, everybody won't do it this way, but somebody needs it done this way. And Scott and Stacey, if you could just play a little music, that would be great. So here's what I believe. I believe God wants us to stop getting nailed by the enemy. I believe that. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? <laughs> a couple of you believe that. So here's what, here's what I think is going to work. Some of us are going to take this little paper. If you have a pen, use it. If you need one, we'll get you one. Christine has everything with her. And I want you to think. Don't get too distracted with the busyness of paper and pen that you lose track of what we're doing. I want you to take this paper and this pen, and I want you to write things on it. Now, look, we're going to put these up here on the board. We're going to nail them onto that board right around that screen like a piece of art that is a monument to God. So don't put, hey, I don't like Mark. You know, he hurt my feelings. Don't write that. But you could put a little M if that's your, you see what I'm saying? Put something that it means something to you. And then I want you to hold it. And if you need to, look, I'm not saying it didn't happen. It happened. It broke you. It hurt you. We're not saying have a lobotomy and forget. We're saying remember and look at it. Cry on it if you want to. These are the treasures that go up to the throne room of heaven. When you get to the place and you are tired of getting nailed by the devil and being accused by the liar, we start to write these things down. We're going to nail them on this wall one by one as you're ready. The nails are already there. Just whoever's bold enough to get a hammer and do it. When you're ready, don't rush it. And some people won't even do it this way. Some people will have it. It's so deep in you. You got to go home, baby. You got to talk to God. You got to be quiet in your room and say, this happened to me, God. And I'm going to show you. And I want you to touch it, and I want you to heal it. I don't want to walk around bleeding, inflicting wound everywhere that I go. One more day, I want to walk with you, my healer, my savior, my king. And I know sometimes you sit there, and it's like, man, I can't, I don't know. I don't know, Lisa. If I let this go, who's going to hold them accountable? If I let this go, I, what happens to the memory? Or if I let this go, how, how do I move forward? Those are great questions, and I wish I knew all the answers, and I don't, but I know somebody who does, and it's Jesus. There's a power in his name. There's a resurrection spirit, that, a fighter spirit that comes on you to be able to annihilate the enemy, and how dare you? How dare you speak something to me that isn't true, that doesn't line up with what God says about me? How dare you accuse me and make me feel like I don't belong? I don't listen to your lies anymore. Because I'm tracking with a healer. Thomas, one of the 12, wasn't with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we've seen the Lord. And I'm telling you this morning, there's breakthrough on the other side of this kind of an action that we're talking about. 
And you should, right now you're taking my word for it. But pretty soon, when, when you accept this as the service of Jesus, the will of God to transform your life, it's like he says, go ahead. Go ahead and put your finger in there. And let me show you for myself what I can do in you and for you and then through you. Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were, put my hands into his side, I will not believe. We pray against any obstinance or anything that would hold us back in the name of Jesus right now. We pray for a spirit of faith to rise that we're able to overcome, that we're able to overcome in the name of Jesus. A week later, don't wait a whole week. Do whatever you got to do, but try not to wait a whole week. Your moment is right now. The doors were locked and Jesus came and stood. There's no door you can lock that he can't come in. You're not impenetrable. He is. He is an impenetrable force to surround you. Hey, Thomas, put your name there. Put your finger here. See my hands? Reach out your hand. Put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. And Jesus told him, because you've seen me, you've believed. And blessed are those who, who have not seen and still believe. It's going to take faith. There's nails right up here in a little yellow jar. And you're just gonna, it's going to sound like this in a minute. You all can stand up. Sometimes you start moving, and you can start to feel the action start to happen. It's going to sound like this. Okay? And we're going to fight right in the wall. It's going to be a work of art all around this area, all up there. Come on, Holy Spirit, have your way in this place. I'm so tired of the devil trying to run rough, trot on the top of the saints of God. How dare you? Have your way, Jesus. Have your way in this room. Carry me all the way, Jesus. Thank you for freedom in this house. Thank you for scars that you kept that will speak hope to us, that we might have a message that we carry from here forward. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the healer. Jesus is the life. Jesus is the way. Jesus is going to bring breakthrough. Jesus is the forgiver. Jesus will carry you. Jesus will hold you. Jesus will be your vengeance. Jesus will carry your memories. Jesus is the one. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. Remember to like and follow for the next installment of the Loft Podcast. If you want to be a partner with the Loft, you can give on Givelify.com. If you need more information, check us out on Facebook or at theloftgathering.com. And of course, join us 10.30 Sunday mornings. Hope you have a great week. Till next time.